Hi, I'm your host, Rick Sessinghouse, and excited to launch Flow Golf Podcast. Each episode, we will share stories, interview experts, and share cutting edge strategies for peak performance. Here's my co-host, Hallam Morgan, to explain more about Flow Code Golf. Thanks, Rick. Flow Code Golf is a framework of strategies, principles, and techniques that take us from fear to the state of flow, the state of optimal performance, and the zone where we play our best golf. You can find out more about Flow Code Golf at www.flowcode.golf. And I just want to finish up by saying this podcast is as much your podcast as it is ours. So please ask questions, provide feedback, and get engaged. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Rick, we're back again for another episode of the Flow Golf Podcast. We're here to support every single listener in their own development, in helping them become the best version of themselves. But ultimately, although we provide that support, they have to take ownership of their own development. They have to take ownership of the daily tasks, the weekly, weekly tasks, the monthly tasks that move them closer towards where they want to be. So in today's episode, Rick, I want to talk a bit more about taking ownership and how the students, how the coaches that are listening can take ownership of their own development. Have you got any stories, any concepts, any kind of beliefs around this topic, Rick? Yes. Um, it, as a coach for so long, yeah, certainly I have a responsibility to provide information, to ask questions, to, to help somebody get from point A to point B. And I take that very seriously, as you do. And yet sometimes there's a disconnect where either the student is not clear on what they want, or they rely purely on the coach to fix them. And well, I'm not playing well because of the coaching. And I, I get that. That's kind of a victimhood mi mindset here. Um, and yet what I see that the best of the best do is they do take responsibility for their own development, right? And that's a word you and I are going to throw around a lot here in this episode is developing, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically, uh, mechanically, all these things that we've talked about before on kind of the puzzle pieces of performance. Yet, if we talk about why people take golf lessons is usually to get better. Yet, how often do they come to a session with us with, with not a lot of feedback, with not a lot of clarity on where their game is and where we want it to go? And so, you know, basic, uh, a, a basic student that comes to me as a new student um, wants to get better. And I, I get that. Yet, when I ask about clarity of goals, I either hear grandiose, huge goals. Okay, which sound good on paper. Oh, I want to be on the PGA Tour in five years. I want to be an All-American college. I want... Sounds great. And I'm not, there's nothing against those goals. But as we dig deeper and say, okay, how are we going to get those goals? Of course, the player's like, well, that's why I'm here with you. And I go, no, 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 time out. I said, you have to have enough, enough self-reflection to know why haven't you been there yet, right? And I know that's a question you ask, which I, I want to get your feedback in a moment. But I asked some basic questions after that. Okay. Let's say somebody currently shoots 75 and they want to get to 70 and play on the mini tours and stuff like that. I sometimes ask a basic question like, so do you have a good short game practice area to go to? And I usually get, uh, no. And I said, do you have a, a course that you can practice at a lot and that you can have access that's hard enough? Well, I'm still working on that. And then what I hear is that we already have some potential barriers of getting to that next level, which is going to require short game practice and on the golf course and resources to go travel for tournaments and, and, and money and stuff. And if that's not there, it will make it more difficult. I'm 
saying that right now. But if you don't identify that now, you're in for um, a rude awakening <laughs> when you're not getting better. And I say, how's your short game stats? You say, well, that's the same. I said, how's, well, I haven't really found a place. That's on you. That's not me as a coach to now figure out how, where are you going to go practice? And so I think that's part of it is resources, is being honest with your time. Can you actually put the time in necessary to do this? People want to tell me big goals. And I said, great. I believe that's going to take you 22 hours per week to do. And they go, well, you know, I've got this, 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 and this. I can do 10. I go, great. Then we're going to have to lower the old goals then, aren't we? Because those are not going to match. So let's be honest up front with what our goal are, what our resources are, what our time is, and what you're willing to sacrifice for that goal. Absolutely. To get to get better, you're going to have to sacrifice things. You may not be able to watch your football on a Sunday. You may not be able to do other things. You have to make that decision. Me as a coach, not going to tell you what to do. That's your life. Um, and I think overall, last two things before I want your, your feedback is, is, is expectations. Um, I think there's been some players on the PGA Tour, Colin Morikawa included, that have had um, a lot of success early and young. And I think some players think, well, they did it. I can do it. You might, you might, but I think that they've raised the bar from an expectation standpoint that might be unrealistic for a lot of players is that everybody's going to be on their own journey and people need to look at where they're at on that road. Right. And then the last thing, which we will dig a little bit deeper in is having a true understanding of your cause and effect of your performance. Um, Hallam, you and I have talked about puzzle pieces of performance and what causes maybe somebody to shoot a 75 one day and an 83 the next day. And it could be mental, could be emotional, could be technical. It could, there's a lot of things, but if you don't know your basic cause and effect, you won't know what to train. And the last thing is you're not going to know what type of coaching you need. So that's the thing where people are, I think, doing a shotgun approach of improving their game. Well, I'll try this. I saw this on Instagram. So instead of looking and say, wait, where's my performance going? And what, what is, what's the gap there that I need to kind of fill in that way, you're going to have much more clarity as you reach out to coaches. And as you go to a lesson is actually have a plan for yourself going in there. So I'm done with my rant, Hallam. I want to know a little bit more about what your experience with some of these students are. No, absolutely. And Rick, there's a lot of stuff in there that we can dive into and we can discuss in a bit more detail, but from my perspective, and I, I kind of appreciate the side of the player, it, it can be quite daunting to take ownership, to take responsibility for your journey. Um, and it can sometimes be a bit scary. But ultimately, if you don't take responsibility or ownership for the challenges that you're going to be faced with, you also can't take responsibility or ownership for the solutions. And I think if we all agree with every single listener, whether you're a coach or a player, if we all agree upon that foundation of I want to get better, I want to develop, I want to become the best version of myself then we have to take ownership of the challenges. We have to take ownership of any problems that we face. And we have to find ways to solve those problems. And that's down to us and no one else. You see so many players as they're trying to aspire to become tour professionals where I think they probably pass some of the ownership over to the coach. So that gives them a little bit of a get out clause almost. It's like, well, you know, I'll just move coach because it clearly wasn't working with that coach. So I'll move coach again and then move coach again. And it must be the coach, but it's not me. And I think actually it gives you huge power when you take ownership of the challenge, you take ownership of your current situation, because that means you can also take ownership of your future. And that's really what we want, right? We're all here. We want to take ownership of our future. So that's the key there. The other thing, sorry, go on, Rick. The other thing I wanted to mention, and it's, you, you mentioned it briefly as you were chatting there, Rick, but 
I ask some of my clients a few questions and I ask them, why haven't you yet achieved your goals? What might prevent you from achieving your goals? And then I actually ask them a simple question of, are you often early, on time or late? And then I ask them why as well. And really, I'm not too concerned about specifically what they answer, but I'm looking for how many times they say the word I or the two letters M and E, me. Because the more frequently I hear those things, the more I appreciate, the more I understand that they're willing to take ownership of their current situation. When I ask, why haven't you yet achieved your goals? The main reason should be me. I'm the reason. I haven't been accountable. or I haven't done this. Or I haven't been able to achieve this yet. Or I haven't been able. And that's powerful. We hear so many often, so many times, well, you know, COVID and the pandemic that prevented me. And, you know, that the golf courses don't quite suit me. Or I haven't found the right coach yet. Well, actually, it's about I. It's about me. Me and my work hasn't got me to where I want to be yet. And that's fine. It doesn't mean you can't get there. It just means we're going to have to develop more skills. We're going to have to learn new things in order to get to where you want to be. So that's, that's a powerful few questions that I ask. And I would really advise players to ask themselves and to, say, to see and check how many things are they blaming other than themselves. Because there should be one person on that list, one thing on that list, and it should be you and you only, in my opinion. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Flow Golf Podcast. Whether you're a coach or a golfer, we have something for everyone at Flow Code Golf Academy. I'm so excited to announce that Rick Sessinghouse has launched two new masterclasses that you can access for free. One for a coach on how to grow your coaching business and another for golfers on how to master your mental game. To gain free access, you just need to head to www.flowcode.golf forward slash masterclasses. We look forward to welcoming you to the Flowcode family. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, with Flowcode, we talk about mindsets and there's that we could have a victimhood mindset uh, or we can have a creator mindset or we could have a growth mindset or we, you know, and um, it having a curiosity mindset. That doesn't mean it's always super positive. Everything's going to be rosy, but you're looking at, hey, it it is up to me. I'm going to figure out a way. And you certainly can reach out to coaches. You certainly can look at Instagram posts and, and, and great. That's your curiosity going. Yet, I don't think enough people understand where the gap is coming from in their performance. And I think it's getting better, honestly, because I think with staff programs and stuff like that, it's it's hard to shy away from it. You know, I have people like back, let's say 10 years ago, before we had a lot of the staff programs is like, if, if I asked them basically, you know, rating your putting and they said, oh, my putting's really, really good. And then I asked them to do some very basic stats back in the day. And we find that they have two, three putts per round and have 35 putts. And they're, uh, you know, they want to be a professional golfer. Like huh, that doesn't match for where you want to go. So that's a gap in performance. And, um, if it starts with being honest, right. You, we've talked certainly about honesty and, and ownership and such, and then get excited that you can do something about it. Um, and the last thing that I really want to talk about is when you do seek out support is you are the one who now again, takes ownership of that relationship. Also, I appreciate when people want to ask me a ton of questions and, Hey, I saw on this um, swing thing or this mental game thing, what's your opinion, right? At least you're now saying, how, how does that apply to me? And, and that to me uh, shows ownership in the relationship of coaching, not just, okay, Rick, uh, what do I do? Um, I don't know enough about you yet. I don't know. I mean, so, so, so I think um, when you go to a lesson or a session, 
a, a student needs to be very clear in their intention for that session. Uh, you and I were, um, before the, the podcast we're talking about, we get a lot of students coming up and we ask them, so what are we working on? I don't know. It's like, well, you booked the time. Um, you know, and, yeah. Yeah, right. And, and, and so getting clarity on a daily basis of what you're doing instead of maybe being thrown out into the, the goals so far ahead of time, I think is something else. And those little, those little habits, and we've talked about habits before on other podcasts is, is identifying, did I do the things that I said I would today? And then is that inching me closer? I can always assess it at the end of the week and kind of go from there. So I think that's missing a little bit. Um, and, and, and such is the responsibility of the student going into a coaching session is to, to have those questions ready um, and such. Absolutely. And I, I actually believe the coach will appreciate as coaches. Oh, and yeah. Would, and I'm sure you would as well. But you appreciate that so much more when the player comes prepared, when they know exactly what they want to work on. And look, it may not be exactly right. You may have some conversations and realize, actually, you know what? I think we should go down this path but they come with some intention and that allows you to go so much deeper on the work that you do. If they're not really sure, you kind of just scratch the surface in the hour, two hours that you have in the session. So I think it's absolutely key. And I think a, an important thing for, for players, especially to remember and coaches, not just players actually, but is to have that mastery mindset and to genuinely want to get better um, and to want to learn. If you want to learn, then you're going to be the student, not the follower. So many people, too many people, in my opinion, are the followers. They listen and they just do. They just listen and they do. Well, actually, how about listening and then inquiring? Listening and then asking. And actually starting to understand some more of the base information that's going to help you get better. And wanting to go out and learn more yourself, not just from the coach that you work with. The other thing as well, Rick, and, and I don't know your thoughts on this, but I often say to, to some of my players, because I think they, they forget this, that they are the CEO of their own golf career. If you were the CEO of a, of a company, of a business, if you're building a business, you don't kind of just randomly employ people and then just leave them to give you all the answers. You actually lead that company and you get the best. You work as a leader to get the best out of everyone in your team. And I think that's exactly what players sometimes forget is that they are the CEO. They decide who they bring into their team and ultimately who's going to support them in achieving the things that they want to achieve. And they have to pick the best team for them. I speak to so many players, again, aspiring tour professionals or players that are actually already in it, playing on tours. And even down to the, the caddy level, they don't really have a set criteria of who the best caddy is for them, what that relationship looks like, what the expectations are of the caddy. It's more often than not just, oh, that person was available, so I've got them on the bag. Again, take ownership of what works best for yourself. Have the self-awareness to realize, what do I actually want from a caddy? And how can I then match that up to the person that I'm going to hire? Because again, in a business, you don't just find a random person in the street and go, you'll do, come and join my business. You look at what the business needs to achieve and you look for people who have got those strengths that can bring the value to the business to help you achieve the goals. And that's exactly the way that I believe aspiring tour professionals right. should be running their business, basically. Yeah, no, and, and I love how you frame that. Um, you know, I you and I are here to support and, and we appreciate everyone listening and we want people to get better go at golf. Um, and back when I was an aspiring tour pro, um, you know, I, I think I made a lot of these mistakes. That's why I'm so adamant about this is, as you know, I could have some physical talent, but it never came through because I wasn't honest with myself. I didn't know really what I, I wanted or, and honestly, I didn't sacrifice. I didn't put the, I, I didn't sacrifice what was needed. I didn't have the resources that's on me. Okay. 
And, and I could do the blame game and all that kind of stuff. Once I realized like, wait a second, you didn't do the things necessary. How can you be mad at anything? Right. Um, and, and so I think it's, and one last thing is a lot of people will come to me and say, Hey, Rick, what if I put everything into it and I do all this stuff and it doesn't work. And I go, okay, doesn't work, but man, you're going to be proud of yourself for the work ethic you put in and proving to yourself that you could do the work. And it may not have led to that, okay? But it's going to help you in all areas of life. And I don't want that to be a scapegoat where people self-sabotage. It's like, well, yeah. And, and they, they want to always look back and say, I could have done this. I could have done that. Well, you knew, in the you knew in that moment you could have done more, okay? So be honest with yourself on that because I made that mistake a long time ago. Absolutely. No, I, I love that, Rick. And, and quite a few people often ask, like, should I have a plan B or should I have a plan C, plan D? And people have asked me that question before, whether I have a plan B, plan C, plan D in what I do. And I genuinely say I don't need one because I know that what I'm doing is creating a better version of myself. Regardless of what projects I work on or what company, I'm creating a better version of myself. And that is my safety net to some extent, because I know regardless of whether a specific project works out or not, I know I'm a better version now than what I was when I first started it. And I can therefore trust and believe that I'm capable of achieving greater things in the future regardless of what the environment looks like. So that's something that I think, again, could give some support to players who are concerned about, what if I do all of this and it doesn't work out? Well, just know that if you have done all of that, you're a better version of yourself in all aspects of performance, in life, in golf, in everything. So trust me, you'll be capable of achieving greater things, even if it's not your golf performance. And that, I think, is, is, is enough kind of support and trust to just go for it and go all in. So I absolutely love that. Great way to finish this episode, Alan. Absolutely, absolutely. So, no, Rick, I really enjoyed that. Um, we best take some ownership, and we will. We'll continue to take ownership on our side. Um, but I hope all of the listeners really enjoyed that, enjoyed speaking about it, and uh, can't wait for the next one. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Flow Golf Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe. And as always, please reach out if you have any feedback or suggestions that we can implement to bring more value to our community. Community plays a huge role in what we do at Flowcode Golf Academy, and we're passionate about creating a group of like-minded coaches and golfers who want to improve their mental game and help others do the same. I'm also excited to announce that Dr. Rick Sessinghouse has launched two new masterclasses that you can gain free access to. He's created one for coaches on how to grow your coaching business and another for golfers on how to master your mental game. You can gain free access now by heading to www.flowcode.golf forward slash masterclasses and we look forward to welcoming you to the Flowcode family.